Hello, friends. Welcome to Read 'em and Weep. It me, your host Sammy, and I have what I think is a really fun episode for you guys today. I teased it a little bit in the last episode, but I finally got an invitation to a private game here in the Bay Area. Now I've been rounding in the local card rooms for years, and I think I'm super cool with a lot of the regs, and I think I'm generally well liked. But I've never gotten an invitation to a private game until this past weekend. And I decided to go and I had a great time. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about the game and set it up and then get into some hands for you guys. So I hope you like it. So I show up to this guy's house. Like apparently the guy who runs the game, he used to run a local card room. So he like knows what he's doing and he's really trying to make the place hospitable. So so he started the day off getting in and out for everybody. There's this whole like snack bar with nuts and chips and drinks and like anything you could want. He's got the table like set up in his big ass living room. Super nice table, like nicer than you'd find in a card room. Automatic shuffle machine, super nice chairs, super nice chips, like everything about the setup is pro. He's got super professional dealers. He's got hot hostesses. He's got massage girls. I mean, this game is just great, man. The the whole setup is fire. Uh, later in the night, he ordered, I mean, it must have been like five or 600 bucks of barbecue for everybody. And we just like ate ribs and tri-tip and it, it was just amazing. And, you know, you, you're there and he'll just get you anything you want. Like you want cigarettes? Great. You want some illicit substances? Hey man, indulge. Like he's got it for you. It's just a, a really fun time. Everyone there was super cool. I think I've played with three of the players uh, there before. And so I knew a couple of them, not all that well, but everybody was super nice, super cool. And I had a great time. The stakes are 5-5-10 with a 2K max buy-in. And most of the hands are straddled. So it ends up being a 5-5-10-20. And as the night wears on, you can buy in for more and more. So it's 2K to start. And then afterwards, like he's letting people buy in for like three, four, five, like whatever. So the game gets pretty big. Apparently, sometimes it turns into a 10-25. So quite a bit bigger of a game than I have access to at the local card rooms, right? I've told you guys, if I want to play 5-10 or above, I usually have to drive at least an hour and a half to get to somewhere that spreads that game. Now I actually have a game that I can go to with those sort of stakes. And the, the players, I mean, the, nobody was a pro there. There was only one or two legitimate droolers. Everybody else was halfway decent, but nobody playing at a professional level from what I saw. And that's awesome. So we love that. I'm super excited to hopefully have a lot of my action come at this game moving forward. And I'm excited to share the hands with you and and tell you guys all about it. So the way that I'm going to do this session is kind of like the Vegas episodes where I'm not really going to just focus on a couple hands that I played good or a couple hands that I played bad. I'm just going to tell you about a bunch of super interesting hands, and I have too many to fit into one podcast, so I'm actually going to split it up into part one and part two. This is part one of the first private game episode, and I hope you guys like it. Let's get into the hands. All right, hand one. This is actually kind of a two-part hand, and I'll I'll kind of explain what I mean. So one of the first hands that I play, I have 6-8 of clubs in early position in a straddled pot. I open to 60, 
There's one caller behind me and the loose aggressive guy. I won't like use his real name, but let's just call him Dick. I've played with Dick a couple of times at the Oaks card club. He's kind of a wild man, like definite loose aggressive. He's a pretty sharp guy, but he's just imbalanced toward aggression and bluffs and he's pretty spewy. So he three bets from the small blind to 225. And I want to call so bad. I mean, I never met a suited one gapper that I didn't want to play, but I'm like, oh, it's super early. Like, let me not get into the hole with what's basically a pretty shitty hand with six, eight of clubs. And I decide to make the fold and uh, Dick takes down the pot. Hand two. This one is also against Dick. Almost the same dynamic, like one orbit later. He's in the straddle. I open to 60 with ace jack offsuit. It folds to Dick, who's in the straddle, and he three bets me to 225. And I think, yo, dude, I I can't abide by this. Like, I cannot let this guy take this kind of line against me and and punk me like I'm going to fold a bunch. So I four bet his ass. And this is a much better candidate to four bet than the six eight of clubs. You know, ace jack has blockers to ace king and pocket aces, and the jack has blockers to pocket jacks. So this is a pretty good hand to use as a bluff. I like using the offsuit varieties as kind of pre-flop bluffs. The the suited varieties, like ace jack suited, it's almost too strong of a hand to four bet because it's an overplay. And then if you get five bet shoved on, you have to fold the hand when I could just call and play the hand that should have a lot of equity and barrel ability. So I make the four bet bluff to 600 and he thinks about it for a little bit and he decides to make the call. So definitely, I think this guy has light three bets in his bag, but when he decides to flap my four bet, it's like, yeah, okay. He probably has something fairly good. So we go to a flop with about 1200 bucks in the pot and the flop comes halfway decent for me. It comes Jack 10-9, giving me top pair, top kicker. Jack 10-9 rainbow, I have ace-jack offsuit. He leads with a check. And certainly with top pair, top kicker, I could continue here. But I actually decide to check back. And I think the reason for that is certainly I have a fairly good hand. But against his four-bet calling range, it's actually not that great. I think he's going to have a lot of hands that have equity against my hand. I think, you know, he might have queens that he doesn't want to get all in with. He can have king, queen. He can have sets of tens and nines. He might have something like 10, nine suited. And the hands that I am crushing, hands like ace, king and ace, queen, hands like that. If they hit an ace, it makes me two pair. So certainly by giving a free card to them, uh, I'm putting myself a little bit in, in a precarious position, but what I'd hate to do is bet and get checks shoved on because I think the guy has about 1300 left in his stack after we put the 600 in. So I don't want to bet and get checks shoved on because then I'm just in a fucking awful spot. So I decide to check back and see what comes and the turn comes a great card. It's another Jack. So it makes me top trips. I have ace Jack and it's Jack 10, nine Jack. Now Dick leads for 420 into about 1.2 K. Certainly, I think I almost always have the best hand here. Like sometimes he's got a boat of tens or a boat of nine, or sometimes he's got the king queen straight, but I'm not going to worry about those nutty hands against this guy. My hand just got super good. So he bets 420 and he has about 850 behind after this bet. And I think if he's bluffing, if he's bluffing with a hand like ace queen or ace king or something like this, 
I want to give him all the rope in the world. Like this guy's major weakness is that he's an overaggressor. So I decide to take the kind of greedy high variance route and just make the call and pray that a bad card doesn't come on the river because there's a lot of fucking bad cards here, right? It's Jack 10, nine Jack. So I make the call and we do get mercifully an amazing river and it's an offsuit four. So there's about 2K in the pot and now he bets 600, leaving himself about 250 behind. I think about it for a little bit. I put them all in for his last 250. He doesn't snap call. We fucking love that. He moans and groans and it's very apparent that we have the best hand. So I'm rooting for a call and in the end, he is just too stuck to muck and he makes the call and I show him top trips and he just shakes his head and he's like, God damn it. God damn it. That goddamn turn and he shows me pocket queens and throws it into the muck and we win a $4,000 pot. Hot fucking damn. Super cool. Uh, you know, this was a kind of out there play for betting with ace jack offsuit, ending up making trips against an overpair and getting stacks in. And, you know, when you're playing in a new game and you're playing a, you know, a little higher stakes than you generally play, doubling up right off the bat, man, it is a fucking good feeling. You're just like, okay, all right, I'm doing all right. Like things are good. So, That was a really cool first hand to get through. Hope you guys enjoyed that. And then also it's like super good advertisement for me. Like everyone's looking at this guy, (laughs) looking at me like, oh, this fucking guy's four betting, you know, putting in $600 pre with ace jack offsuit. Like this guy's action. We love it. We love to get that kind of advertisement. You know, certainly when you're starting to play in a new game, especially a private game, you do not want to be labeled a nit. You want to be labeled an action player. You want to have the reputation for giving action, getting action, being good for the game. And everything got accomplished in that regard in this hand. And we won a bunch of money. So we love to see it. Congratulations to me. Allow myself to congratulate myself. Okay, that's hand one. Let's move on to hand two. All right, hand two. Short little hand, but I think it's fun. This is an unstraddled pot. I'm in early position with king 10 of spades, and I open to 30. There's this short stacked recreational fish behind me who calls, and then the big blind comes along as well, and we go three ways to a flop with 90 in the pot, and it comes ace, jack, eight with one spade. I have jack 10 of spades. So I have a gutter to Broadway, and I have a backdoor flush draw. The big blind checks. I decide to see bet for 40. The short stacked wreck calls behind me and the big blind folds. So I'm looking for some help on the turn and it does not come. It's an offsuit five. So there's about 170 in the pot and this guy has like less than 300 bucks. He's got like 270 or 275 behind. So I'm kind of in a tough spot here. I would hate to just check and give up on the pot but I also really don't have any outs here. I didn't pick up any additional equity on the turn, and all I'm left with is a gutter ball. But I I start thinking, okay, I have aces and ace-king, and this guy doesn't really. I should have pocket jacks, and he should be three-betting that hand, so he shouldn't have it, but certainly recreationals, like they'll just flat with pocket jacks sometimes. Like who, Who the fuck knows? I don't know this guy. But I also think, man, if I jam it and I end up getting called and shown a bluff, 
it only cost me 270 to like get the reputation for an action player. The advertisement is an action player who will like make all in bluffs with gutter balls, etc. So I decided to just fucking go for it. I'm like, all right, we're all in. And I jam 270 into 170. And the guy thinks about it and he grumbles and he folds his hand. And I'm like, yes. And he goes, hey, did, did you have two pair? And I'm like, no. And he goes, no, you didn't have two pair. And I'm like, no, I had a big ace. You know, I'm lying through my fucking teeth. I'm like, I had a big ace. And he goes, ace king. And I say, yeah. And he goes, I folded ace queen. And inside, I just start like roaring with laughter. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, you folded ace queen. Like, what are you doing, man? But on the outside, I'm like, wow, you folded ace queen, man. Nice, nice fold. Like really disciplined. Yeah, good fold, man. So uh, we got that one through. Really happy about it. Yeah, that's hand two. Let's move on to hand three. All right, hand three. This hand is also unstraddled. There's a fish in early position who looms for 10. And then our loose aggressive friend Dick opens to 50 in middle position. I'm in the big blind and I look down at pocket threes. And of course I'm calling and I make the call and the fish who limped originally, he calls as well. So we go three ways to a flop and I flop a set, my friends, nine, six, three rainbow. And I'm like, oh boy, Dick, you are in for a hurting. I check it with evil intentions. The fish checks and then Dick checks back. I cannot contain my disappointment. I'm like, oh, God damn it, Dick. The turn comes in offsuit queen. And certainly I could bet out here, but I think, okay, I can still trap here. Dick has a lot of queens in his range. And if he doesn't, he's going to have a lot of like king jacks and jack tens and like hands that he can kind of semi bluff here with. So I decide to check again with the intention of check raising the fish who originally limped checks as well. And Dick checks again, brutal, brutal, brutal. I can't believe it. No money is going into this pot. I fucking hate it. I'm still sitting here with bottom set and the pot is still only 150 bucks. Like what's going on? The river comes in offsuit seven. So nine, six, three rainbow on the flop, queen on the turn, seven on the river. I have pocket threes. So it's finally time to go for some value and hope somebody can call me. I bet a hundred into 150. And now the fish raises to 350. Dick folds and it gets back to me and I'm like, Jesus Christ, like this lump, this fish would never be raising here as a bluff. So does he have value that beats me? I mean, yeah, he's got a lot of value that beats me. He could have made some fucked up straight. He might have had pocket sevens, made a higher set. Like, I don't know. But in the end, you know, it's just like I have a set. Like, I'm not folding it. So I call the 350 and he shows me 10-8 offsuit. He binked the gutter to the nut straight on the river. Now, I played this hand like such a fucking asshole, you guys. I literally flopped a set put no money in on the flop and the turn because I was trying to get fancy and and trap somebody and put in a big check raise. And then when the fishiest lump at the table like raises on the river, I paid his ass off, even though he's like almost always beating me and maybe he's raising a hand like nine, seven or backdoor two pair with queen seven. I don't know, but uh, I just fucked this hand all up. Like I'm such an idiot. Let's move on to hand five where, uh, 
actually, I play it like an idiot again. Stay tuned for that. All right, hand four. Not hand five, as I previously said. Only hand four. Counting, obviously, not one of my strong suits. But this is a bomb pot. So in this game, they play bomb pots every half hour. And most of the bomb pots are a variety of double boards. So there's two boards and, you know, usually it's a chop pot. Sometimes somebody scoops the whole thing if you win both boards. This specific game is called 3-2-1. And you actually get three cards to play on both boards. So I'll kind of show you guys what I mean, if that doesn't make sense. So everyone puts in 25 bucks. There's 200 bucks in the pot. I think this one's eight-handed. And the two boards come... Jack, Jack, 10 with two diamonds and a seven deuce with two diamonds. I'm already thinking this is just such a shitty medium to, to explain double boards on podcasts. It's going to be so brutal, but try to bear with me. I can already see the air of my ways, but let's see if we can get through it. It checks to me on the button and I look down at five deuce deuce. So again, the two flops are Jack, Jack, 10 with two diamonds and a seven deuce with two diamonds. So I have fuck all on the first board and I have bottom set on the second board. I bet 100 into 200 after everyone checks to me and I get two check callers in the field, including the fish who spiked the gutter ball on me in the previous hand. It comes a queen on the top board and a five on the bottom board. So the top board is now jack, jack, 10 queen with two diamonds and the bottom board is ace, seven, deuce, five with two diamonds. So both boards contain a flush draw. I've bottom set on the on the second board, and I have fuck all on the top board with my five deuce deuce. They both check to me, and I think I just almost always have a lock on the bottom board. And so I think, okay, if I get to showdown, I'll probably chop the pot. But if I can bet these guys out of the hand, then I can scoop the whole damn thing. So I decide to bet 250. And only the fish, the guy who banked the straight on me in the previous hand, he check calls. The other guy gets out of the way. So now there's about 900 in the pot. And it comes an eight on the top and a three on the bottom. So the first board has now run out. Jack, jack, 10, queen, eight. And the bottom board is ace, seven, deuce, five, three. So with my five deuce, deuce, I have bottom set on the bottom board. So... I can only use two cards from my hand, so I don't have a boat on a seven deuce five three. I just use the two deuces for a bottom set. Now, if this guy has a four in his hand, he actually makes the wheel on the bottom board. So don't love that. And he checks to me. And my thoughts on this board are kind of the same as the first one where I'm like, okay, you know, I feel like this guy would have check raised at some point with a better set than I have on the bottom board. So I think he's going after the top board. And unless he's got the four of diamonds in his hand, so he's chasing a flush on one board and, and ended up making the the wheel on the bottom board where I have the set, I'm like, you know, I think I can get this guy off it with a big bet. The board on top, the, the first board, Jack, Jack, 10, Queen, 8, has actually run out really scary because if this guy doesn't have a nine, he can't really call on that board. And I think if he had made a full house, he would have check raised at some point. So... I decided to make kind of a value bluff. Again, I think I'm good on the second board. And I think, man, if I can get this guy off a marginal hand on the top, I can scoop the whole fucking thing. So he checks and I bet 640 into 900 and he snap calls. And I'm like, shit, well, 
hope I uh, am chopping the pot, but I'm not chopping the pot, you guys. He shows a 7-7. So he flopped middle set on the bottom board where I flopped bottom set. And on the top board, the first one, Jack-Jack-10, Queen-8, his pair of sevens plays and beats my pair of deuces. And he scoops the whole fucking thing. So I don't really play these games very often. I can't tell you the proper strategy for it. I have no idea if my thought process here was good. I definitely think in general, you know, if you have a lock on one board, you want to put a lot of money in because it forces people who don't have the nuts to fold and you can scoop. I don't know if it was a good idea in this board, but what I do know is that I own the fuck out of myself and lost like close to a grand in a game that I don't really know how to play and and I lost it to a pretty bad player. So that feels terrible. I'm just donating to the fish, like fire me to the goddamn sun. Ugh. Okay. That's going to do it for episode one. I'm really excited for episode two. I hope you guys like this one, but I think episode two is even better. The hands in episode two, either I just think are super cool, super interesting, and frankly, pretty out of line in some cases. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Please stay tuned for episode two. Should be dropping soon. And until then, my friends play good and run pure.